Every Nation people all over the world started 2022 with our annual week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. Our theme this year has been abiding in God's Word. I have been privileged to travel all over the world and hear reports and testimonies about how powerful it has been to focus on abiding in Christ. But I wanna to talk to you about 2023. Our theme for the year is miracles. Let Him be known. The purpose of miracles, yes, it's to meet needs, but it's also to let the glory and the presence and the love and the power and the majesty of God be known and experienced by people who are walking with Him and by people who are far from Him. So 2023, we will all start the year together with a week of prayer, fasting, and consecration, focusing on miracle stories in Scripture and learning how to trust and believe God, not just for trusting miracles in Scripture, but seeing miracles in our families, in our campuses, our cities, our nations, all over the world. Join us, a week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. Remember, Joshua 3.5 says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow God will do wonders. We are trusting God together for miracles in your life, your family, on our campuses, in our cities, in our nations, to the outermost corners of the world, the miracle and power of God all throughout 2023 and beyond. Good morning, everybody. Is everybody awake? Anybody stay up past midnight last night? What? Yeah, mixed answers. Yeah. Man, we made it to 10 o'clock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we were up later than that, for sure. But when you have toddlers, things do, things do change. They just pass out, and you're like, oh, man, should we get them up? Should we not? And, man, I learned that answer real quick. Nope. They, they, they're going to stay down and sleep into the new year. Uh, but guys, uh, my name is Cole. I'm associate pastor here at the church. Uh, if we haven't met yet, I sure am looking forward uh, to, to meeting you and getting to know you better. Um, and guys, you did it. The first day of the year, you were in the house of the Lord. Yes. Yes. This, it's, it's very special. Did I hit the timer? I did. Okay. It's very special because the last time this happened where the first day of the year was on a Sunday was in 2017. So that was seven years ago. So you haven't done this in seven years. But because of the way the calendar works, the Gregorian calendar, it's not going to happen again for another 11 years. So 2034, when I have a 13-year-old, uh, oh my gosh. When my two-year-old is 13, we will have the opportunity to come back together on the first day of the year and give the first fruits of our year in worship to the Lord. Guys, this is a really special moment. So everybody that's here online as well, proud of you for getting up this morning and joining online because if you're here, that means you have some kind of expectation of God doing something this year because otherwise you would have just stayed in bed. I'm just being real with you. Just being real. You're here, and I'm proud of you. Well done. Um, well, guys, uh, our message for this year, just stand somewhere else so it's not echoing. Should I go over here? 
A little help? Okay. This is good. This is good, David. Okay. Just let me know. I'll keep talking. All right. So uh, we do an annual message on the beginning of the year, whether it's the first Sunday or not, and it's called Vision. And so this year is Vision 23. And in preparation for what's about to happen next week, uh, the uh, uh, Consecration Week, where we're focused on miracles, making God known, our a message today is called Faith, Our Miracle Grow. Anybody ever used Miracle Grow before? Oh, yeah, baby. It puts a little super on our natural, right? It does things uh, quicker. It does things in greater measure. And today we are here in preparation for that consecration week. And I believe that God wants to help lay a foundation to sustain the miracle wonder working power that he's going to do in bringing many to salvation through the proclaiming of the gospel. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Yes, thank you guys. And so our point for today, our main point, if you fall asleep because you were up late last night, you can take this home with you, is as we receive the gospel of Jesus, foundations, as we receive the gospel of Jesus as Lord and Savior by faith, we will be saved miraculously. Because if you've been saved, if you've met Jesus, you know it's a miracle if he saved you. We'll be saved miraculously, point one. Point two, we will grow miraculously. And we will be used miraculously to bring the gospel to others. So the two key words we're taking out of, there are, out of here are miracles and faith. Faith is what brings about the miracle-saving work of our good, good God. So let's take a moment and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are here gathered in the name of your Son, Jesus, because you have done wonders among us. You have fulfilled your word from beginning to end, that you would send a humble Savior to live a perfect life, to die a sacrificial death in our place. And then you raised him from the dead so that we would know that by faith in your Son, the miracle of the washing away of our sins has been accomplished by your hand, by your might. And so, God, we ask today that you would impart faith to your people, faith to those in here that do not yet know you as Lord and Savior, that may know your name Jesus, but they have not met you yet as Lord and Savior. And God, we pray today that you would give us faith to step out of here and sustain us as we grow in you. And Lord, that you would give us faith to proclaim the gospel and to see miracles happen, that the faith of others may not rest in us or man or wisdom, but in the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, So when I was growing up, I was not super athletic, uh, but one thing I did do, finally, my senior year of high school, I was like, I got to do something in athletics, at least before I graduate. So I said, I'm going to run cross country. Oh, that's right. Oh, senior year? No, you need to work your way up to that. Yes, I was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Last all the time. My coach has said, I'm going to make you run until you puke, and it happened, like, regularly, right? And it didn't take long for that to happen. Um, But the next semester was track season. Oh, yeah. I can run around that quarter mile. That's fine. So what I had my first experience with starting blocks. Anybody ever been in the blocks before? 
No, yeah, it's okay, a couple people. So you get down, you put all your weight on these blocks, and you push off of the blocks so that you can spring forward faster, right? So your feet aren't flat on the ground, they're in the blocks, and you, you push back on the blocks. Guess what happens if the block does not hold when you put all your force on it to spring off? Okay. Bam. That's right. And so, as we, that, that did not happen to me quite that uh, hard. However, you get the point. And so I felt like the Lord just wanted to lay the foundation today, the first Sunday of the year, for the rest of the year. So that when we start running hard after Him, in faith that He's going to do what He said He's going to do in our lives and through our lives, that we don't face plant. Okay? So that's the one illustration for this message that you get. All right, so um, point number one for today, guys, is faith in the gospel saves us miraculously. As we start 2023, we must take our stand by faith on what God has given us. Quote from 1 Corinthians 15, 111, that which is as of first importance. Everybody say first importance. First day of the year. We're going to take our stand on that which is of first importance. Let's read the scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11 says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you... As of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me. And again, the guy doesn't forget people. Even if you feel untimely born, if you didn't know today was going to be the day of salvation, God knew it. It's not untimely to him. He appeared also to me, for I am the least of the, the, least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of, the, any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. And so our takeaways for this scripture is that as we begin 2023, we must take our stand on that which is of first importance, which is the gospel, which was just declared to us that he fulfilled the scriptures, that a Savior would come, would be born of a virgin, would live a sinless life to be the spotless Lamb of God that none of us could provide either by offering our own life or through any other means. He did it. And by grace, everybody say, by grace, I am what I am. If we must take our stand by faith alone in Christ alone as we start this year. We must allow him as our Heavenly Father 
Scripture calls him the gardener, to begin to prune away all the things that we rely on for salvation, which we may not be aware of. Can we all give him permission to search our hearts and to see if we are relying on anything other than unmerited grace today? Okay, well, Heavenly Father, you heard us. We ask that you do it. But the key here is to take hold of that grace, we must have faith. I'm going to tell you what Scripture defines faith as. Hebrews 11, 1 through 2 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Anybody got hopes for 2023? God's going to do great things. Okay, well, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. So it is this faith that allows us to take hold of the grace that is the only way that we can start this year, that we can accomplish anything this year, and that we can look back and not be prideful also at the end of the year and for God to receive the glory. By faith, we must receive the gospel of Jesus as of first importance. And by faith, we must stand on the gospel of Jesus to move forward. By faith, we must hold fast to the gospel of Jesus, saying, by grace I am what I am. So if I'm standing in Jesus, what am I? And this may sound very uh, fundamental, rudimentary, but this is important on the first day of the year. So what am I if I'm standing by grace in Christ alone? I am forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, God has separated us from our sins when we were in Christ Jesus. Don't drag it into 2023. Say, in Christ, I am forgiven. Because I am forgiven, I am what I am, and I am saved. Scripture says that perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And if I am saved, I am saved from the wrath of God. There's no longer a fearful expectation of punishment on the day of judgment, but just a joyful embrace of the Father because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That is all sufficient for our sins to be washed away. So we can start today and start 2023 free from fear of messing up. Okay? I am what I am, and I am born again. I am born again. I thought about starting today's service with 2 Corinthians 5.17 right? It says, therefore, for all those who are in Christ Jesus are a new creation. A new creation. Not just washed, not just clean, though that's true, but the scripture takes it to the next step. You are born again, a brand new creation in Christ Jesus, created in him to do good things that he prepared in advance for you to do if you're created in him. And so it goes back to us really receiving the fact that I'm not just patched up. I am born again when I am in Christ Jesus. Anybody ever use that terrible thing called fix a flat? Yeah. Yeah, do you know why I say it's terrible? It ruins your tires, man. You can use it once. You use it once, 
for an emergency, but your tires are ruined. You have to get new tires after that. Jesus Christ is not fix-a-flat. He is the new set of tires, right? He is the new engine. He is, you are new when you are in Jesus. Will he, will he help heal you up and get you going? Yes, but you must receive the fact that in him you are a new creation. Next, by grace I am what I am in Christ Jesus. I am free from sin. I am free from the power of sin. You are no longer a slave when you are in Christ Jesus. May you trip and stumble, sure, but you must take your stand by faith that in Christ Jesus you are free. You are no longer slaves. You are no longer a slave. You have a choice now in him. All right, and I love this one. By grace, I am what I am, and I am an ambassador for Christ. I am an ambassador. I am a citizen of heaven. I no longer live for my own glory. I no longer live for the, for, um, uh, the exaltation of my name or even my family's name or even my family's benefit as number one. No, I am an ambassador of Christ Jesus. And it's by grace. Am I perfect in the Spirit? Yes, because of Christ Jesus. But I'm being made perfect, and that's called sanctification. So a prerequisite to be an ambassador for Christ Jesus and to bring this miraculous gospel to the world around you, your family, your friends, your co-workers, is not that you're perfect, but it's that by grace through faith you're taking your stand in Christ Jesus and you've tasted of the glories of heaven yourself, which is the joy of salvation. And if you have not experienced the joy of salvation, I don't think you've been saved. Do you always feel it all the time? No. But trust me, if you were really saved because you really said no to the world and no to the flesh and what the Bible calls repented, you want to talk about the joy of unmerited grace when you were bound for hell and eternal separation from God and his presence and his kingdom? Oh my gosh. Today could be your day if you've never experienced that. And lastly, I am what I am. In the context here that Paul is talking again, he's talking about I am what I am as an apostle. His calling was to be, was to know Christ, number one, but then his ministry was that of an apostle. Okay, that was his gifting. And so today, when you take your stand in Christ Jesus, by grace, you are able to successfully, fruitfully, Walk in your gifting and your calling as well. I Trust me, I ain't standing up here because I'm a, a good speaker or I'm trained in it. I'm just here by grace. I am what I am. Roland needed an associate pastor. Here I am. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. Right? So if I've, if I've hurt you, I'm sorry. I'm in process too. Um, but by grace, I am what I am. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And the apostle Paul shows us how to apply our faith in the gospel in view of our successes and failures. Everybody say successes and failures. failures. You all did some good things in 2022, but y'all screwed some stuff up too, right? Me too. Let's see what Paul says. Philippians 3, 7 through 16 says, 
But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything, everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, trash, garbage, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings. Yep, that's part part of a successful Christian life. That I may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So his pressing on is completely dependent on how much of a grasp by faith he has taken on the gospel that Christ Jesus died for him and made him his own. If we're going to press on in 2023, this is foundational. We can grasp because he has grasped us. Okay, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do do. All right, here's the one thing. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So what he is saying here is, what you know God did in you and through you in 2022, that is that which you can build on in 2023. But everything else, you got to forget it. And you got to press on um, to what he has for you in 2023, forgetting the failures and even the successes in terms of them being of your own righteousness in your own work. By faith, we count whatever we gained through our past work in 2022, or if you have not come to know the Savior yet, your entire life. When I was 25 years old, I filed bankruptcy. And that was the moment that I actually met Christ as my Savior. I knew the name Jesus since I was a little kid, heard the gospel, but it wasn't until I filed bankruptcy at the age of 25, which is, wow, 15 years ago, almost, that I actually knew that he had made me his own. I literally felt apprehended by him and the goodness and the grace of the gospel that said, you cannot do anything to deserve this. And there's no other option for you to be saved either. And I was just like, I am what I am. If you say I'm saved, okay, here I am. <laughs> now you gotta, now you got to clean me. <laughs> now you got to fix me. Now you got to use me because I'm going to screw everything up if you don't. This is by faith we count whatever we gain through our past work in terms of success or righteousness as loss for the sake of Christ. This is because when we recognize 
the surpassing glory of knowing Christ Jesus as the spotless Lamb of God, whom alone. Everybody say, whom alone. Whom alone can take away the sins of the world, my sin included. I believed the first part until I was 25 and filed bankruptcy. But then when I filed bankruptcy, I was like, I have sin? Oh my gosh. When we realize he is the glorious Lamb of God, we simultaneously recognize the insufficiency of anything we could do to obtain righteousness in God's sight on our own. No resume can bring about your salvation or make up for your sin. A just judge cannot throw out one crime simply because of a list of good deeds presented to him. He must assign a fair punishment for the crime. The wages of sin are death and hell. The Bible describes a real place that is eternal separation from life itself. Not existence, life. There is a difference between existence and life. Think of a zombie versus a real living human being. A zombie is existing, but I don't know if it's living. You know what I mean? Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Today we must take our stand on the gospel of Christ's shed blood and broken body for our justification alone, apart from our good works and our sins. To go even further, Romans 3.21-26 says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. There's that word again, by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He is the one who loves you so much that he will make you uncomfortable in your sin through conviction. Have you ever, I mean, maybe it's me because I'm a guy, but like I've done the stupid thing sometimes of like trying to shave real quick. And all these little hairs get in your shirt. And it's like you're wearing sackcloth every time you move, right? And you think you got it all out, but you don't days later. Or have you ever put in fiberglass insulation? Okay, more people there. That stuff is terrible. I mean, it, it keeps the house warm, but man, there's a price to be paid to put that stuff in, right? Anyway, God loves you so much that he will convict you and make you uncomfortable until you come to Christ so that you can receive life. Everything we do in the meantime is just to fix a flat. It's not going to last. And that's how much he loves you. If we do this by faith, we can take our stand on Christ for the miracle of salvation heading into the new year. Faith in a miraculous Savior sets us up for miraculous transformation or sanctification as we grow. But that is the foundation. Okay. Anybody want to actually 
grow in that salvation in 2023. Hallelujah. That's right. If you love Jesus, you sure do. If you love your wife, your fiance, if you love your family, you want to be more like Jesus for everybody's benefit. <laughs> right? <laughs> Amen. Number two point, faith in the gospel grows us miraculously. Faith in Christ saved you and faith in Christ grows you. You will never outgrow the gospel. You'll never outgrow it. Never, ever, 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 ever. All the rest of your life. In heaven, you will remember what he has done for you and why you're there, and that'll be part of your joy, eternal and everlasting, and your worship experience as well. Galatians 3, 1 through 9 says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified, which we've just talked about for a while. So before your eyes, he has publicly been portrayed as crucified. Verse 2, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? By living the life you thought you should have lived before you knew Christ? Or did you receive the Spirit by hearing with faith? Verse 3, are you so foolish that having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? And here's, the, I think, the main point of this passage that we're reading. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you, and we're preparing for a consecration week of miracles, right, to see God move miraculously this year, does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. As the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Simply stated, God finishes what he starts. When he starts something in you, you need to let him finish it. The Holy Spirit is our ever-present help in our times of need. The same faith that saved you is the same faith that grows you and that sanctifies you. You will not outgrow the gospel, but the gospel will grow you. You will not outgrow the gospel, but the gospel will grow you as you abide in Christ. Faith is hearing and believing God's word in a way that moves you to act on it or wait on it, because sometimes God says, wait, don't take vengeance, wait on me. Despite what your circumstances say, this faith in God's word humbles and humiliates us. Get ready. But, you can take your stand on this, it does not ever put us to shame. Because we know through the gospel and the gift of the Holy Spirit that God supplies to those who have faith in the Son, Jesus, that God loves us. Even when waiting on him to fulfill his word can cause us to suffer. Because it will sometimes. This faith is vulnerable and is the antidote to pride and self-righteousness. It says, God's way or no way, leaving no room for the sin nature. And Jesus said if we're struggling with sin patterns in our life, he's like, it's better to pluck out your eye than go to hell. It's better to cut off your hand than go to hell. 
God exalts the humble and opposes the proud. God justifies and grows the humble as well. The commitment to God's way or no way by faith is the process by which we are transformed by the renewal of our mind. So let me explain that briefly. This renewal by faith and trust in God allows us to know in an ever-increasing measure God's good, good, perfect, and pleasing will. And we're almost done. Thanks for holding in there. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, meaning the gospel. I appeal to you because of the gospel. To present your bodies as living sacrifices. Offer your life, your calendar, your checkbook, your relationships, your time, all of that as a living sacrifice. And this is holy and acceptable to God. And it's your spiritual act of worship. It's a miracle. A changed life. It's a miracle. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So it is faith that has us act on God's word that renews our mind in an ever-increasing measure. He who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. In 2023, it's not how much of the Bible that you know, it's how much you obey by faith. Faith in the gospel grows us miraculously as the Holy Spirit leads us in God's design for our personal breakthroughs, deliverances, yes, he wants to deliver us, and miraculous provision, all while working and waiting his way. This faith in the gospel is miracle growth for our soul and leads us into seeing miracles that lead others to faith in Christ. Um, and our last point, which is much shorter than the other points, number three. God wants to give us faith to share the gospel miraculously. Not only in word, but in deed. Not only in word, but with divine power. As people taste and see that he is good, that testify to the resurrected, and let us not forget, currently living, if the resurrected body, Jesus, he's alive right now. And he supplies the spirit to us, and as we read earlier, he works miracles among us so that others can know him. God wants to use you this year. Everybody say me. God wants to use you to bring the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ to the lost. God wants to do this miraculously so that their faith is in Christ alone. Paul says it this way. Romans 2, 1 through 5 says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, meaning those in Rome, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Remember that whole section we covered at the beginning of the message? And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Anybody ever feel like that when you're trying to share the gospel? You're like, I know God loves this person. I don't know what to say or what to do. I'm in fear. I'm weak and I'm trembling. You're good company with Paul. And I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom. But, 
here's what they were. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the glorious Savior that while we were still sinners died for us. It's about he who supplies the Spirit and works miracles among us and us saying, I am what I am. You be who you are and do what you do and use me. Um, worship team, you can come, come forward now. In 2023, we have the opportunity to work with God as he brings our family, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our classmates, the passerbyers on the street, on the bus, the person who decided to use fix a flat but then never replaced their tires and a month later they're on the side of the road again and you come by and they need some help. In 2023, we have the opportunity to work with God to help bring them to faith by bringing them the gospel miraculously as we preach it and ask God to do wonders in their life as we interact with them. He will do the saving, meaning God, if we open our mouths as we serve. We can't just serve. We have to speak the gospel as well. Our first step of faith in this miraculous ministry is prayer. And this is the last thing. We've been talked about for a while, and it's just been confirmed and confirmed and confirmed that God in 2023 in an increased measure, is calling Second City Church to be a house of prayer for all nations. It's not optional. It is foundational because if we're asking for miracles and we're asking for grace, man, prayer, I tell you what, it crucifies the flesh. It sure does because you're sitting there choosing to make a conscious decision. Either I'm buying a lottery ticket, throwing up a prayer, hoping God does something, or I'm calling by faith on the God who fulfills his word, and I'm going to hold on to that until he does it. And that's what he's calling us to in 2023. And um, she's not ready for this, but I'm going to put her on the spot. Michelle, back there. Anyone, can you raise your hand real quick? Yes. Michelle is helping spearhead and organize all, all of this prayer movement that is happening. So please talk to her, and she can help you get involved in that. And our last scripture, Matthew 9, 35 through 38, it says that, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, this is us, he says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And so we want to invite you as we uh, close out this message and go back into a time of worship, and then Pastor Ron's going to lead us in communion. We want to invite you next Sunday as we kick off our annual consecration week with prayer and fasting. We want to invite you Monday through Friday to come to the ministry center for a time of prayer and to really put this into action that we may be able to spend eternity not only in the presence of the Savior, but also with those whom he loves as well as we proclaim the gospel.